This is Life Transitions. First Source Bank is proud to support Life Transitions. We know that the only constant in life is change. Whatever stage in life you are, contact us to learn how we can help make the most of it. First Source Bank, member FDIC. Good afternoon, everyone. This is Carrie Crosby, co-operator, excuse me, co-facilitator for the Elder Care Alliance in Lower Berrien County. And I am the owner of Access Senior Consulting, who works in assisted living facilities, making sure that folks don't develop any type of anxiety or depression with their moves. One of my main things that I do. And obviously, we've been on our show here quite a bit, and you've heard my voice, and I sound a little different today. I've got a little bit of a cold. And I'm here with Kelly Miller and she's from the Timbers. I know she's got a cold too, so this ought to be an interesting conversation between the two of us. So um, Kelly is from the Timbers. I'm going to go ahead and let her introduce herself and give a little bit of background about how long she's been in the industry, and then we'll get right into our show. Well, good afternoon. Uh, Like Carrie said, my name is Kelly Miller, and I am the community liaison for the Timbers of Cass County. We are a long-term care and skilled nursing facility located in Dewajak, Michigan. I've been working in senior care in some capacity for about the past 15 years. Really just love it. It's definitely been a passion of mine. And so I wanted to just come in and just share a little bit about what we do and some of the differences with skilled nursing and long-term care. Perfect. And we've had various people in that capacity in here today. In you know, some of this information we may have heard again, and I always tell people, you know, thankfully for the ones that are listening that have heard other programs of ours in the past, we know that, you know, any information that we get out there is imperative. We've talked many times about how even though we may repeat something that we talk about, it could be getting to somebody new who hasn't heard it before. So while we may be repeating some information, hopefully we've got a few new listeners that will benefit from the from what we'll talk about today. Absolutely. So Kelly, tell me a little bit about the Timbers and and give me an idea again. You said it was in Dwajak. Whereabouts in Dwajak? So we're located off of Colby Street, which is near Southwestern Michigan College. So we're just a couple miles down the road from the college. We have been in the Dwajak area since 2010. We we're a large community. We have 108 beds. Of that, we have 20 private rooms and 44 shared. We do offer three different therapy rooms. We have a separate gym for physical therapy, a separate gym for occupational, and then, of course, a private area for speech therapy. And you're all, is it rehab and long-term nursing? It is. Okay. It is. Okay. So, again, one of our options that we have here in Lower Berrien County uh, is one of the timbers, as we've talked about. So we're going to talk a little bit about the difference between long-term, short-term care therapy. Obviously, we're talking the difference between staying for several months to a couple of years to maybe permanently through a short-term stay, which would be rehab when you come home from the hospital and need to strengthen up a little bit more. What services do does the timber provide aside from these therapy services? And can you tell us a little bit more about each of these things? Absolutely. So like you just said, we do offer short-term rehab. And with that, it's around-the-clock medical care, therapeutic services. And what it is, is it's, that's designed to help someone who's recovering from whether it be an illness, a surgery, an accident. And that inpatient setting allows our residents to have the access to physical therapy, occupational and speech therapy up to seven days a week, right. which is so important for, for their wellness. Oh, uh, well, I was just going to say, obviously, with that seven days a week, I mean, people like to think that 
you know, you go to these places, maybe only staff is there, you know, heavy staff is only there Monday through Friday. And, you know, the weekends, there's kind of nothing to do, not much going on, which couldn't be it's not any more false. From the truth. Yes. Correct. Correct. Um, the other service that we offer is long term care. And that really is a variety of different services that help to be both the medical rather and non-medical needs of people with chronic illness or disability that really are no longer able to perform those everyday tasks by themselves. That can also include cognitive impairments such as Mm -hmm. Alzheimer's. And so having that 24-hour care available um, to meet the variety of different needs that individual may have. Now, do you have a uh, specific dementia unit, or they're they are pretty much within the milieu of everybody else? Correct. So they're with everyone okay. else. We don't have. We've kind of seen the benefits of both, to be honest with you. I mean, when you've got a locked unit, you've got dedicated staff that are trained specifically in working with those with dementia, and not that your staff are not, but you know they're a little more involved in the milieu. I think when there there isn't a dedicated unit, sometimes you know they might be out and about and joining in and doing things more with everybody else. Um, kind of gives them the opportunity maybe to not feel so singled out sometimes. And I think that, like you said, there's definitely a benefit to both. I think when it's a appropriate to have the specialized units so mm-hmm. they're great they're a wonderful benefit but additionally yes being you know just everyone is together right. that's also a great a great thing so. it just it really depends per person which is why we talk about making sure that when you are in a position where you're wanting to start looking around for care and you know Kelly we talked a little bit about this before the show you know we wonder if people really don't understand that they need to be doing this sooner rather than later, only to make your decision easier in the end. But I think people don't often realize that they may be faced with a crisis situation. Absolutely. And and that's what we see a lot of. It's very much when it is an emergent situation mm-hmm. and there isn't a lot of time to do the research and right. to really look into what does my loved one need? What right. what I potentially need? It's it's very usually followed by an accident, a right. fall, and you know you're at the hospital, and mm-hmm. then it's okay. You know you may benefit from some some rehab, right. or you know we're maybe looking at long term care now, and and so it's right. it's. It's, it's a difficult process. It is. And that's why we tell people, you know, while you are more in a situation to make these choices for yourself, go ahead and take yourself to some of these places. You know, if you're not, if you don't feel you're anywhere near the need for any of these places, you never know when you might be. So it's appropriate to kind of familiarize yourself with any of the facilities that are either in the area or ones that you've heard of from family members or anything like that. And go take a look at them for yourselves. Absolutely. Just so that you can go through the door, kind of understand the layout of the facility, meet some people. You know, obviously staff changes. And so as you get closer to a situation where you may need care, you might want to go revisit and and learn who's there now and kind of get a feel of the place as it stands now. But that's the reason why these places are in our communities, so that not only can the folks that are in your building be a part of their local community, but the local community can be part of the building as well and can be familiar with the building, with the staff, with some of the residents. So we tell folks all the time, don't just go um, in the emergency situation when you're like, oh my gosh, I have to make a decision right now. Get yourself out to some of these buildings and just kind of see either A, if you're a volunteer type of person, see if there's anything you can do to help. If you are someone who enjoys um, sitting with people and kind of visiting with them, that might be something good too. The more we know about the places in 
in our areas that accept long-term care or short-term care rehab, the better off we are when we have to make these decisions maybe on an emergent situation. Certainly. So the difference between short-term rehab and long-term care, as we talked about, was, you know, the long-term care would be medical versus and, and non-medical things that might be needed, maybe a dementia-level patient, and short-term care being therapy. So how often do your residents get therapy while they're with you in the short-term rehab? Sure. So we have our therapy staff is available seven days a week. Typically, though, therapy is done usually five to six days out of the week. Um, so we can increase depending on where someone is. Would they benefit from doing it more frequently? But typically it's five to six days a week. And does that go based on a Medicare reimbursement or is that simply more patient-centered? It's more patient-centered. Okay. And that's important too, things to point out to folks is that, you know, a lot of times they think it has to do with insurance companies and some of those rehab decisions do, obviously, even where all the way down to where you end up going for rehab sometimes is an insurance decision. But people say, well, I really want to do more or I really don't want to do as much. And they think it has to do with insurance. And it's not always true. I mean, obviously, we need to do what's best for the patient. And so four or five times a week of pretty solid therapy. And what what would be a typical session? So typically you'd say around 45 minutes to an hour. Okay. So 45 minutes to an hour, four days a week. I mean, my goodness, that's what we want people to do to exercise, which we don't do, you know, most of the time. And so that would be a very well-rounded rehab program for somebody to come in and get that solid 45 minutes, 50 minutes of rehab of strengthening your bigger muscles, your smaller muscles and that's the difference that we talk a little bit about between occupational therapy and physical, physical therapy. therapy. You Absolutely. know, obviously physical therapy works the big muscles, your walking, your lifting, your ability to maneuver. And occupational therapy is more small. So, you know, like picking up a fork and being able to feed yourself and all of those things. Absolutely. So um, obviously, usually somebody coming in may have um, the opportunity to utilize both. A lot of times we see both being right. done. And so you're looking at, you know, up to two hours of therapy per day because you would do that 45 minutes to an hour per discipline. So sure. that's a lot. It, it is a lot. It's a lot. And, you know, the benefit to that is that muscle memory and, you know, working those muscles again and right. really building that strength and having the support and the staffing there to be able to, to have that, build those relationships what you're really looking for, the best outcome would be to get them back to where they had been when they were hopefully home and returning home, or even better sometimes. I mean, when you had a strength deficit that was landing you in the hospital to begin with, you'd hope to get back to a better position than you were beforehand so that you don't end up back in the hospital again in the same situation. So a couple of hours of treatment a day. um, And then do you offer speech therapy as well? Okay. So it sounds like you've got the full therapy... We do. Benefits. And one of the really cool things, too, about the Timbers is after you've completed your therapy with us, we get you back home. Mm -hmm. Say you wanted to come back and do some outpatient rehab. That's always something that you can do as well to continue that. So if you're looking at saying, you know, I'm going to still come and do a couple of days of therapy a week, Mm -hmm. you've already built those relationships with the therapist. You're already comfortable in that environment, and we're able to accommodate and help with that. Right. And that's... Obviously, that's when people are the most comfortable is when they've already established those relationships. They know what's expected. They know the people that they're working with. And it's not kind of like getting to know all new staff all over again. Yes. Do you just offer outpatient rehab? If folks were to come home from the hospital and needed rehab, could they come to your facility for rehab? They can. Okay. So it's not like they have to have been at your facility for rehab. They can reach out to your facility for 
outpatient Absolutely. rehab as well. Okay. Absolutely. Great to know. So why would someone choose to go to a skilled nursing facility versus home with home health like we were just talking about? Sure. So the what I've really seen is the biggest benefit is that you're receiving more therapy time with therapists, which is going to mean quicker results and faster recovery times. Um, additionally, you've got that 24-7 nursing care that's available to you. Right. Many times we see with home health, they are there typically three days a week, and it's fantastic when it's appropriate. Right. But looking at, again, being able to come in and get those five, six, seven days a week of therapy, it's much more intense. You're going to see faster results with that. And hopefully be more successful. Not that you're not successful with home therapies, but when you are working intensely on your rehab and, and getting that therapy almost every day, if not every other day, you're doing a far better job of strengthening all those muscles than you are just kind of doing it three days a week, which, as you said, if appropriate, that's fantastic. And typically home health uh, rehab that's coming in is something that's meant to kind of extend your rehab that you already did that was pretty significant. And so instead of thinking of it this way, that if my doctor says I need typically a stay at a short-term health care facility doing rehab would be after an initial illness or fall that you've had. And so you come to the facility, you've got your intensive therapies that you're doing at that point. And as you said, if you choose to come back to the timbers and, and continue on your therapy there to continue to strengthen a little bit more or to finish up your therapies, that's a great idea. Otherwise, they also could choose home care at that point and have another agency come into their home and kind of do that three days a week type of thing. Absolutely. And that is something too, when they're completing therapy and they're looking at going home, that is something that our social workers will meet with the person, the family about and say, hey, look, what is the next best level of care for you? What's going to keep you on this health journey? Right. What's going to keep you home? the longest. Right. And that's, uh, I think, another thing that people have a hard time working through in their mind is that, you know, oh, gosh, that place is a nursing home. You know, I'm going to go there and I'm never going to leave. Well, that's not really the way of long-term care facilities quite anymore. So many long-term care facilities, while they have that component of, of a person being able to maintain the rest of their life in the facility, they have this rehab portion of it, too, which is Truly, the reason they're doing that program is not to trick you into staying there. It's to get you home, Absolutely. you know, That's go back home, you know, we want to get people back home. Absolutely. We want them to be healthy and safe. So that is always a trip up, I find. And, you know, I've been in the industry for 20 years plus, And I think I was dealing with that issue 20 years ago. And I think I'll be dealing with that issue 20 years from now is that so many folks just have it in their mind that, oh, no, I'm not. I'm not doing that because I don't want them to force me to stay. I don't want them to think I, you know, I don't want them to think I don't want to go home again, you know, and it's, it's really not about that. Now, there are situations that occur often where people don't want to be in long-term care facilities, but they need to be. And then there's quite a difficult process to work through that. It's possible people do it all the time, but you know, that's not quite what we're talking about when we're talking about people who just say, I don't want to go to a nursing home. I mean, obviously, unfortunately, I think a lot of people have bad feelings about that as it stands. But most of your long-term care facilities also offer the short term, which is, again, another way for you to develop relationships should you be in the position that you do need to be someplace 
long term, you would have already had a relationship having been through rehab at a certain facility. And we do see that frequently. People will come in for short term rehab. We get them home maybe a couple of years later. Sure. It's now appropriate for long term care. And they've built those relationships. Right. So again, it's it's really about preparation and making sure that you have gone out, visited these places, seen these places, maybe developed a few friendships with folks in these places, if that's how you roll, basically. Yes. Um, but it's great to be able to be involved in into those communities as well. So what do you find most people reach out to ask about long-term care or short-term care rehab? What are they looking for? What's the information? So most people um, are looking for the skilled nursing short-term rehab, you know, after they've had, again, like we said, they've had that illness, Uh they've had a fall, they've had a fracture, they've had some sort of maybe planned surgery that they know maybe living alone, they're not going to be able to meet all of their own needs. They need a little extra support. Um, So that's when we see more people coming for short-term. With long-term care, that's a little different. And that's, that takes a little more time a lot of times we'll see following the holidays, maybe yeah. adult children have come home to spend the holidays with their, their family and have noticed maybe mom or dad has had a significant decline and then that conversation gets started. Right. Which again, as we've said so many times, we think we repeat the information, but if you think about it, people are aging every minute of every day and there's different pockets of people that are aging every minute of every day. And so folks that never kind of thought that they'd have to think about it or always thought, eh, it'll be so much later that I have to worry about that, that they kind of go, oh, when they come home for the holidays and think, wow, maybe it is time to start these conversations. In order to prevent that, Kelly, I honestly tell people, have these conversations before people get in their 70s. Yes. Start having these conversations when you yourself can talk to your adult children and say, in the event that I decline and can't do things for myself, this is what I would like to see happen. And, and really have those conversations because people don't want to start those conversations. They dread those conversations. But if this is a typical conversation that you have as a family throughout your lifespan as a family, it is not so difficult to start those conversations when the time is needed. Then you simply say, mom, I think it's time, you know, and you start working from there and not have to dread it so much. Absolutely. And, you know, the adult children really feel that, you know, that guilt. How do I even bring this up? Exactly. How do I how do I approach this conversation? And being so I think taking charge of your own choices and and really being able to say, if this happens, this is what we're going to do. This is what our plan is going to be as a family. And so then the adult children aren't feeling so much guilt. Exactly. And that's, you know, I tell people all the time, most of us do know we've got to do end of life planning at some point, you know, um, a whole other conversation for another time. But end of life planning needs to happen. You need to be talking about that now, too, because you don't know when those things are going to occur. So, you know, typically when you're in a relationship with somebody, you know, in a in a long-term relationship or married with someone, you know, you kind of visit those conversations every once in a while because it's the responsible thing to do, especially if you have children and property, you need to kind of figure out what it is that you're going to do for that. And the same 
thing exists when we're talking about what happens in the event that I can't care for myself. It's the same types of conversations that need to be had so that your wishes can be held true to. And if we don't express that conversation with someone, we don't express what it is that we want, then adult children start being concerned. How do I even bring this up? You know, are they going to be mad at me when I say this is what I think needs to happen? So much guilt happens out there in the world for these things when quite frankly, they should just be part of normal conversations. Yes. And 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 planning as a family. Yeah. Driving your own driving your own care. That's right. When people are at a hospital, do they have a choice of where they go? And how do they communicate that? Obviously, you kind of mentioned some social workers. Hospitals have social workers. Yes, so absolutely. Everyone always has a choice on where they go. Typically, what we see happen is when you're at the hospital, you'll have either a case manager or a social worker that will help you kind of look at some different choices for nursing facilities, skilled nursing facilities. What we see a lot of times is they'll be given a list of different places um, and asked to choose a couple different options. Mm -hmm. But what I would really recommend when that happens is when you've made your decisions on a couple different places, ask to have someone from the facility come up and talk to you. Have someone go and tour. Look around, right? But you absolutely have a choice on where you want to go. And I think you know where that starts from is when the doctor has said this is what needs to happen. You need to go for some therapy. You need to maybe not be at home anymore. Whatever the conversation is, the doctor feels is necessary is when we start making those decisions at that point. Correct. So you contact uh, the case manager or the social worker. You let them know, you know, especially if you've been involved in the community or it's close and this is a place that you want. Say, I would really like to, you know, have my application, have someone from the Timbers come up and look and see if I'm appropriate to go there. So it basically starts at the hospital. And the same thing happens when you are suggested for rehab. And if you wanted to choose the Timbers to do your rehab, then you would start there. Just like the same thing with long-term care. What should people be looking for when they're looking for a nursing facility. Sure. So a couple of things that I always recommend is always going into her. Always, yep. always, always. And again, what we had talked about, if you can do that ahead of time, that's so important. Right. If not, have a trusted family member, a friend, go to her, look around. What is the feeling you get when you come right. into the building? How does it smell? Right. Are people talking with you? Are they making eye contact? Are they right. engaging? When you're sitting down and speaking with someone, are they asking you questions? Are they really getting to know what those needs are? Right. What are those goals? Do you feel heard mm-hmm. when you're talking with someone? And um, you also, too, another thing I would, you know, I always tell people, talk to some of the people that are staying there. Yes. You know, see what they think. Yes. See how, how they staff, feel. Yeah. How mm-hmm. are staff engaging with the other residents? Right. Do people look happy? Those are all really important things to look at. Is there a place where they're able to access information? Maybe like ratings? Is there like a rating system for nursing facilities? There is. So nursing facilities are rated on a star rating. One being the lowest, okay. five being the highest. You can look on the Medicare.gov website. Medicare.gov, okay. Under Nursing Home Compare. The really cool thing about Nursing Home Compare is you can compare up to three different facilities side by side. Uh You can look at what their star rating is. You can look at their staffing rating. You can look at their quality measures. Uh The state does annual surveys. Right. And so they're reviewing all of that information. It helps give consumers a good idea on where each facility is ranked and how they 
how they're performing. How they're performing, yes. And, and correct me if I'm wrong, but you can usually ask to see that survey if you, you go can. in for touring, correct? You can. You can also pull that up on that website. You can review any citations they may have had, what they were for, mm-hmm. what they had tags on. Right. So you have access to all of that, you know, with the click of And tags, uh, for those of you who don't know, when um, the state comes in and they do their annual surveys for... Um, long-term care and short-term care facilities, they are graded, if you will, on various things, and there's many of them there are. that facilities are are rated and graded on. And uh, these folks that come in from the state really come in and review, and they want to know, are the policies and procedures being followed? Are the state regs that are in place being followed? And that's the kind of things that you'll see tags on. And a tag is something that the state has literally put a tag on to say, to say, we have an area of concern here and then the facility has to build a plan on how to repair or remove that tag and they have a specific amount of time to do that within correct so you can ask to see that book um, when you go into any facilities that you tour and you can do your information you know your homework before and pull up that uh, information before you walk into these facilities and discuss the tags as kelly said what are some of the most frequently asked questions when you meet with potential residents and families One of the biggest ones, I I have the pleasure of going up to the hospital and meeting with people while they're still in the hospital and Uh answering those questions. And one of the things that I get asked frequently is, how long do I have to stay? Right. Um, And that always varies person to person. Sure. Can I leave if I want to? Absolutely. You know, we are not keeping people against their will. What should I bring with me? Right. Comfortable clothes. Bring comfortable, comfortable things to wear. Can I have my family and friends visit? Absolutely. We don't have set visiting hours. We want family there. We want your friends there. Yes, absolutely. Um, and then how do I pay for it? Right. Is the biggest one. Yep. How, how am I going to pay for this? So how do people pay for care? Absolutely. Okay. So a couple of different ways. Medicare, Medicaid, most insurance, and different places take different types of insurance. So right. if one maybe is not in network with your insurance, there are several others that will be. Right. And private pay is the other. But we typically see Medicare, Mm -hmm. insurance, and Medicaid. Well, and typically when a person is being required from their doctor to have therapy, it is generally going to be going through Medicare for your short-term rehab stay. Yes. And that's the difference, though, when we're talking about short-term versus long-term care payments, too, which could be in a whole other 30 minutes of a conversation. But obviously, when we're talking about short-term care rehab, we're generally tapping into your Medicare benefit to pay for the rehab services to get you back home. When we're talking about long-term care stay, it's either Medicaid or private pay. Private pay until you don't have the funds anymore, and then you move on to the Medicaid system, which, you know, there are many people out there that fall under that umbrella. Kelly, thank you so much for all your information today. It was great having you on the show. I really appreciate all of you folks in the community who come out and give us all this information, who are willing to uh, give us 30 minutes of your time to kind of explain your building again. One more time, give us the address. Certainly. So it is, we're located at 55432 Colby Street in Dewajak, Michigan. Um, You can also access our website at www.atriumlivingcenters.com. And your phone number? And my phone number is 269-363-8428. Fantastic. Thank you. Brought to you by First Source Bank. Whether you're starting a new job, starting a family, or deciding how to spend your retirement years, contact a life transition specialist to help you. First Source Bank, member FDIC.